I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. The book of Psalms, chapters 120 to 134. We are going to introduce this section of Psalms. They are called Song of Degrees. Song of Degrees. And in this introduction to these 15 Psalms, we're going to look at this series of Psalms and see what's in them that makes them so unique. And let's start off with the word degrees. The word degrees means steps. So we're looking at a series of psalms that are psalms of degrees or steps or ascensions or stairs. Now, the meaning of this is interesting because there's no shortage of uh, what people think in the world of uh, the commentators. Uh, There are a lot of folks that think that it literally is something to do with music and it means to go into a higher key. And so you step up into a higher key. Some think that it deals with the events on the journey back to the promised land from their captivity. Uh, That uh, this would have been a set of stages that they would have went through. Some think that it refers to the 15 steps of the ascent up to the temple. Others believe that it's the stages as they were heading towards Jerusalem for the feast days. And this is what they would have sung on their way to the feast days. And and then there's an interesting one. There's uh, those, several that I saw, that believe it has to do with Hezekiah. Now, uh, if you remember, King Hezekiah started out pretty decent, but he didn't end as well as he started, which uh, because he had his life extended. And uh, he had his life extended 15 years. Kind of interesting. But his thought process was at that point, to show all the people from Babylon everything that had come in. And, and God says, who were they? He tells them, what did you show them? He said, everything. There's nothing. There's nothing. But uh, in Second Kings chapter 20, we, we read about that. And he says to the Lord, because the Lord tells him, get his health together. It's time to, to die. He was sick. Uh, chapter 20, verse 1. In those days, was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. 
And it came to pass, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, Thy father, I have heard thy prayer. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. On the third day thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years. And I will deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria. And I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. And Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs. And they took a lump of figs, laid it on the boil, and he recovered. And Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, What shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me? And that I shall go unto the house of the Lord of the living the third day. And Isaiah said, The sign shalt thou have the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing that he hath spoken. Shall the shadow go forward ten degrees or go back ten degrees? And Hezekiah answered, It's a light thing for the shadow to go down ten degrees. Nay, but let the shadow return backward ten degrees. And Isaiah the prophet cried out unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow ten degrees backward by which it had gone down in the dial of Ahaz. Now, in looking at a lot of different uh, commentators, there are some that believe this 10 degrees refers to the 10 of the 15 Psalms they believe Hezekiah wrote. I don't see uh, a lot of people agreeing that Hezekiah wrote all of those, but it's an interesting thought process. But here, here's, here's the thing. It doesn't really matter uh, because it, whatever it is, there is a series of progressions that are very important in this. And I want to show you not just the, the sense of this thing, but I want to show you the structure. Now, some look at this as three sets of five, and some look at it as five sets of three. And uh, they're closely similar. It's just how many they group together. But we're going to look at it, and we're going to look at the three sets, uh, our five sets of three. And what they're looking at here is that each psalm, what does it deal with? And they say it deals with conflicts, confidence, and communicating, or it deals with troubles and trials, trusting, and triumph. So if we were to take a look at that, we would look at Psalm 120. That begins it. Set 1 would be Psalm 120, 121, and 122. Psalm 120 starts out, In my distress. Well, there's your trouble. So we see that. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. So we see here that there is a hurt. The word distress really deals with the idea of a deep-seated hurt. Now, let's just fast forward to Psalm 121. And the psalmist says, I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. So we see the hurt, but now we see the help. So he's trusting the Lord to help him. Then we fast forward to the third in the set one, and it says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Now we've gone from the hurt to the help to the house of the Lord, the triumph. We're enjoying the house of the Lord. So there is set one, and we see a trilogy there. Now let's go to Psalm 123, which begins set two. And he starts talking about lifting up his eyes to the, the Lord who dwells in the heavens because he is dealing with a problem 
and he's dealing with scorners. In verse 4, our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease, meaning that they are just settled down in their scorning. They're scorners, and they've settled into it, and they're not about to stop. So we see, again, the trouble. He's being scorned. And also, there's the contempt of the proud. So we go to Psalm 124 to see uh, what the trust is. And the trust is, again, in the Lord. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. He said that in verse 1. He says it in verse 2. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side. And he talks about what would have happened. And then he gives a praise of blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. He didn't do it. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I'm trusting him. Now we go forward to the end of the second set of trilogy. And we sign out that there was a scorn, but he was supported in Psalm 124. And he's safe in Psalm 125. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. We see here the help that God gives by safety and protecting us forever. We are safe forever. There's the second set of three. Let's move forward again. Remember, these are songs of degrees. We're stepping up and uh, going through this pattern. In set three, Psalm 126. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. And he goes on and talks about verse 4, turn again our captivity. Now we're dealing with here the return from their Babylonian captivity and the fact that they had been there so long. So we see the trouble. They were captured. They were captive in a place for a long time. And now, finally, they're getting to the place where they are going to hopefully be set free and head. And so now what they have to do is they have to go back and rebuild. And it is amazing to me that Psalm 127 starts out like this. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. We see the trouble, they were captive. But now we see the construction. They're going to go back, and we know they're going to rebuild under Ezra. We know they're going to rebuild the temple and build back up the people with a great revival. We also know that Nehemiah is going to go back and rebuild the walls and take out all the junk that was laying there in ruins in Jerusalem, and they're going to have a revival. And what we see is, okay, if this is what you're going to do for me, and I'm giving you permission to do it, I'm going to be with you, Ezra. I'm going to be with you, Nehemiah, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it. So we see construction. Get into the Word of God and let Him build you up. Don't try to build you in some man's doctrine. Build on that which is right. Trust the Lord. That way He wants it built is the way it should build. So we see the trouble, the captive, the trust, the construction. But then we see the triumph. Look at verse or Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. And it continues on. So we see here that they uh, are commended in a sense of 
are commanded in the sense to bless the Lord. That is in the command form. So we see here the triumph is the praise that we're commanded to give because the Lord hath allowed us to walk and to eat of our labor, and he is the one that we should be in awe of and fear. So we see set three. Isn't it amazing how this just works together? Now we come to set four, and we start with Psalm 129, and we're back in trouble again. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, may Israel now say. Verse 2 says, many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, Yet they have not prevailed against me. And he goes on and talks a little bit more. In fact, there's actually the next verse that deals with this is also a messianic verse. The plowers plowed upon my back. And that's uh, indicative of our Lord Jesus Christ who had the cat of nine tails across his back. Now we're looking here at set four. And here we see again afflicted. He is afflicted. That is the trouble that he is in. We fast forward, and we get to Psalm 130. And when we get to Psalm 130, we see here, Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thine ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest mark iniquities, O Lord, who will stand? But there is forgiveness with thee. And then verse 5, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait, and in his word do I hope. Confidently trust, confidently expecting it. I'm trusting. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. So we're looking at the hope, the trust. He, he, he was afflicted, but now he's being affected. He's being affected by the Lord that he is willing to wait patiently for in this time of trouble and trials. Fast forward to Psalm 131, and we see here that he says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, it's not puffed up or proud, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. And the triumph is... Now we can just triumph in you forever. It's not just a single praise. We can praise you forever. So we're seeing here afflicted, affected, and adored. The Lord is adored. Now we have one more set of three that we're going to deal with here. In Psalm 132, we come over and we see, Lord, remember David and all his afflictions. How he swear unto the Lord and vowed unto the mighty God of Jacob, Surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find out a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Now he's talking about the afflictions that he's gone through, trying to do what he's supposed to do, wanted to do, including building a place for the Lord. So we see here that he is and wanting to do something that God said, no, someone else will do that instead. And he says here that he swore. So we see an oath. We, we see that he has made an oath. The, he, the, the trouble is he, he's, he's got a lot of affliction, so he is swearing unto the Lord and vowing that he is not going to do anything until he can build a place for him, no matter how bad these afflictions get. Fast forward. A place for God to be and collectively, the temple. That's what he wanted to do. Of course, Solomon built it. But fast forward, 
And look what we see in Psalm 133. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. If you're going to have a place, if you're going to experience the good things of God, and you're going to build a place that he resides, it sure would be great if men and women dwell together in unity. If the brethren would come together and be unified, and we're going to be, of course, dealing with each of these psalms uh, singularly, and so we'll take a look at that. But then we fast forward to Psalm 134, and what do we see? We see that, of course, Psalm 133, we, we see the trust. Now we come to Psalm 134. Behold, bless ye the Lord. Have you noticed that all of these third ones have in, had the blessing in there somewhere? Bless the Lord. Behold, bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth bless thee out of Zion. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, and the Lord bless back. Okay, so we see here that we have the entire blessing, and that is the triumph, that we are being blessed. So we see in this the sets that are going on of these wonderful psalms that are indicative of these ascensions up. Now, Let's take a look at this one more time, but this time we're going to just go psalm by psalm by psalm and just look at the major gist of the psalm. We start out with distress, and the word means a deep hurt. And we progress from that deep hurt to verse 2, deliver my soul. I need deliverance from this. I have to be from these lying lips and deceitful tongues, people that are speaking evil and lies. I've got to have a break from this. Now, we turn to the next one. He says, so I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Now, he put that which made heaven and earth in there, reminding us that the help we get comes from the powerful God who created everything. If he has the power to do that, don't you think he has the power to help you? Then we go from that help to realize that the help we get is from the word of God, but also the house of God. So I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And certainly the house of the Lord is a place of fellowship and a place of coming together collectively to sing the songs of Zion, to hear the preaching of the word, to testify of the good things that God has done, and to be able to go forth out of there to do the work of the church to bring people in for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we go into the house of God, Psalm 123, and we lift up our eyes from there to behold God in the heavens. Unto thee lift I up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord. Have mercy upon us, for we exceedingly filled with contempt. Our souls exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease. And so we see here, we lift our eyes off of man. We go to the house of God to get our eyes off of man, and we keep our eyes on 
Jesus. When we get our eyes on Jesus, we get our eyes on the Lord, we realize in Psalm 124, if it had not been the Lord, <laughs> if it had not been for the fact that we had our eyes on Jesus and could see what he did, we wouldn't have realized that he'd taken care of us. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, twice he said that. He said, if they would have swallowed us up, I mean, the waters would have over, we'd have been in trouble. We would have been a prey. We would have been a mess. We would have had issues. Thank God that didn't happen. So he then fast forwards to that. If it had not been the Lord, so what do you do when you see the Lord has defended you? You see the Lord has really taken care of you. Psalm 125. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion. You see it? Now trust in him, and if you do, you're going to be like Mount Zion, which cannot be removed, but abideth forever. And he goes around and talks about how that is true. And then in verse 4, do good, O Lord, unto those that be good, and to them that are upright in their hearts. And so when we look at that, and we say, okay, we're trusting in the Lord. We're, we're going to abide forever. Do good, Lord, to those that are good. What in the world would come next? When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed. <laughs> we never thought this day would ever come. I wonder if we might just stop here for just a little time out and say, when the Lord sounded the trumpet and said, come up hither, when we get up to heaven, boom, it's that dream that we've been thinking about all our earthly walk in a nanosecond of time, in an atom of time is literally the word. In an atom of time, we stand before the Lord and that dream that we've had all of our walk becomes an instantaneous reality when the Lord takes us out of the captivity of this place and transforms us over there. Oh, when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like those that dream. Thank you for deliverance. And you kept your word, just like it said, 70 years, and you did exactly what you said you would do. So what happens when you are leaving the captivity? You got to go back and rebuild. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. It's going to take the Lord to give you the master builder's plan the architectural renderings of his building by the way we're talking about not just rebuilding the temple but rebuilding the people in revival and we see two of them in Ezra and in Nehemiah and they were needful and needed because the people needed to get back away from all the Babylonian junk that they had been inundated with and get back to the things of God. Now, thank God there were people like Daniel and his three buddies and others that did not succumb to it and were able to stick it out and stay true and strong to God. And we had the biggest example we have is Daniel, all the way up into his older years, he never wavered one time. Then we go from the house, building the house, to fearing the Lord. You get the house built. You get revived. Blessed is everyone, Psalm 128, that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Thank the Lord. Once you get there, it's very easy to fear the Lord, to have that reverence and awe and respect of him because you are now walking in his ways. You've been revived. You are now enjoying the fellowship of of the Lord. Now that you are enjoying the fellowship of the Lord, be ready. Afflictions will come again. And David goes back 
in Psalm 129 and talks about the many who have afflicted him from his youth up. He said, there's just been many that they've afflicted me. But he said, they have not prevailed against me because the Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. And I'm glad that he has. He says at the very end, the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Well, when we do that and we see that afflicted, then we realize, okay, we're back at it again. The cycle recurs till we leave this planet. We rebuild. We get our lives revived. Then the devil don't like it. The afflictions come, and we go back to out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord. Psalm 130. Hear my voice. Let thine eyes be attentive to the voice of my supplications. I wait for the Lord. Now because of revival, we patiently wait for God. We know that he's in control and in charge, and we have a whole lot better ability to wait patiently because we have been revived. Thank God for revival. We need it. We need revival. And then when you get that spirit of being able to wait on the Lord patiently, Psalm 131, Lord, my heart is not haughty. I'm waiting, not proud. I'm not doing what I used to do. I'm not lifting up my eyes loftily. I'm not exercising myself in great matters or in things too high for me. But I've done as I have behaved and quieted myself. Amen. Waiting patiently, I behaved and quieted myself. So we see there, let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and everlasting. And then we jump from that to Psalm 132, where the Lord hath sworn in truth unto David, he will not turn from it. And he talks to David about all these afflictions that he has done when he was trying to to work for him and build a house for him. And the Lord swore to David, listen, I will not turn from this. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. If thy children will keep my covenant and my testimony, that I shall teach them. And he goes on and gives them a great covenant, the Davidic covenant. There will always be one of the house of David to sit on the throne. And the Lord Jesus Christ came through the lineage of David, and he will be the last to ever sit on the throne, and he'll never be replaced. And because of that throne and that moving together and God sitting on that throne, boy, how good and pleasant it is, Psalm 133 for brethren to dwell together in unity. And when you dwell together in unity, Psalm 134, bless ye the Lord. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The Lord that made heaven and earth, bless thee out of Zion. That is the introduction to the Psalms of Ascent, the Psalms of Degrees, the stepping up. And we're going to look at these psalms individually over the next few weeks and see what the psalmist had to say. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that you encourage our hearts and strengthen us, realizing that many times we are in trouble, but we need to trust. And we know that that trusting eventually and patiently waiting will turn to triumph because, Lord, you have promised if we will wait patiently for you and do what's right, you will take good care of us. You don't sleep or slumber. You're ready to help. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his 
precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every word is true Oh, I believe every word that he said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.